Hi, this is Joe Overline. I'm CEO and co-founder of Swing Dev, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. This is the podcast where we really do uh, appeal to app entrepreneurs, app founders, uh, startup founders, uh, if you're working on a side project, anyone who can really make a difference in the world of tech. Uh, what I do is I go around the world and I do have uh, a, a long uh, archive um, f- uh, in terms of uh, a library and you can go and, and search uh, Paul Kemp in any of your favorite podcasting apps and you can get access to over 500 episodes of the App Guide podcast. Uh, this is episode 513 and so today I'm really excited about my guests I have on the show uh, because we are going to be in- investigating. First of all, they're based in San Francisco, which is the, the hub of where all the tech action is happening. And uh, they are into app intelligence. In fact, let me introduce them. Uh, it's Andrew Levy and Robert Kwok, who are the co-founders of Apptelligent. And Apptelligent is an app intelligence company based in San Francisco. And it's software that allows uh, you to get app insights such as app crashes, app load times and network latency, etc. Uh, these co-founders have also fascinating startup stories. So let's get in. Andrew, Robert, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on, both of you as well. Uh, let's just jump straight into you, Andrew. Uh, I would love, first of all, to know, uh, how did you get into the startup scene? Because you've got some interesting stories, and uh, I'd love to know, you know how, how you actually ended up getting into startups in the first place. Sure. So um, I was going to school, uh, going to college out in Baltimore, and uh, I uh, knew I wanted to start a company early on, you know, did all the usual uh, uh, entrepreneur classes and business plan competitions in college. Um, I actually got first place, so that motiva- motivated me a bit. Uh, then knew I needed to be out in the valley or wanted to be out in the valley to eventually start a company. Uh, got a job with HP that offered to, you know, f- pay for me to move out here uh, to the Bay Area and um you know, that sounded great uh, at the time and flew out, uh, started working there. That's actually where I met Rob. We were working on data warehousing systems there. Um, it, to be honest, it wasn't the most exciting job in the world, but, you know, we learned a little bit about enterprise software and uh, I guess eventually the kind of company we, you know, we, we wanted to create a different type of company than the one that uh, we were at at the time. Were you both working in a garage by any chance where, you know, like HP started? <laughs> No, that would have been fun. Uh, no, it was more like a giant uh, cubicle farm. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, um, we met a lot of great people and um, we actually went our separate ways at this point. I, um, uh, Rob started a different company and he can talk about that. I uh, got into Y Combinator, uh, startup incubator uh, based out, uh, out here. And um, uh, that was about 18 months into HP, so I, after I got in, I quit. Uh, these the other two co-founders at the time uh, were at a Stanford, and um, uh, that was for a different company than Apptelligent. We were focused on uh, applying collaborative filtering to email, which essentially you can think of like Gmail priority inbox before that existed. Um, found it was uh, very tough to monetize email. Eventually, got to be working on a few other projects, but didn't quite. Uh, become passionate about 
um, anything else we were working on. So actually by the end of 2009, uh, it was that summer that we were in the incubator program, but by the end of that year, we just decided to, uh, to disband that, that company. Um, we also happened to go through a different incubator or accelerator, I should say at the time, through Lightspeed Ventures. We, kinda, we did two at the same time. Um, but it ended up working out because after we disbanded uh, that YC startup, I met up with Rob. We started working on a few ideas together, eventually got to be building mobile apps, and that's what led to uh, the founding of Criticism, which was Aptelligent's previous name. Right. Okay. And, and Robert, you know, in terms of your story, then uh, I guess get, give us an insight into uh, how how you actually um, got into startups. Sure. Um, so kind of a similar story to Andrew. Um, I guess I've always wanted to start a company. Actually, just uh, just talking about it, I realized that it's kind of been in the family business for a while. My grandpa actually moved here from China. And um, he actually started a restaurant in, uh, in near San Francisco, actually, in the East Bay. And uh, that restaurant became successful, and that's how we brought the rest of his family to the U.S. And it was, there's like a crazy newspaper story about the, him and how he was separated from his wife for 20 years while he was starting this restaurant. But um, my parents also started restaurants. My dad started one as well. So I guess it's, it's kind of been in our, our family history there. Um, and I guess when I went to uh, high school, you know, I used to sell, buy and sell magic cards. So that was kind of like my side business back then. And then I went to MIT and uh, I guess I just met a lot of like-minded people there that also want to kind of dream big and, you know, change the world. And so I would spend a lot of late nights just talking to friends about, you know, ideas in terms of what we could build and um, start companies. And um, that was always kind of the plan. Um, I started working at HP after MIT and, you know, I met Andrew there as well. And my plan was basically, let's work there for three years, get some experience, and then I'll quit and, and start a company. And I think literally it was almost exactly three years after I started where um, I uh, left HP and then moved to Berkeley and, and started a company with some other MIT friends. Uh, coincidentally, it was also on uh, an email startup idea. <laughs> I actually didn't know Andrew was working on email at the time as well. Uh, our idea was a little bit different. We were basically trying to create a new interface to triage emails. So you can imagine, like, you know, email's been the same for the last 20 years, right? It's just been kind of a, a list of, of emails in a, in a, in a, on a web page. So we had this idea where it'd be a 2D interface. You could have all your work emails in one corner. Uh, you could have different sizes and shapes, and you know more people on a thread would mean the the shape would be bigger. Uh, more important emails would be red versus blue. So that was kind of the idea, and we kind of ran into similar problems where people just wouldn't pay for email, and we also had a, a huge falling out in the company because um, two of us had a, a crush on the third co-founder. So that was a, a major problem. <laughs> which which one of you won? Oh, was it? We actually both lost. <laughs> she started dating this um, like forty-year-old guy that she met from OkCupid. <laughs> oh well, her loss anyway. Um, you know, both of you. That that's fascinating. What I've learned already is that uh, you know, in all these episodes I've done of the App Guy podcast over five hundred, one of the biggest takeaways is that entrepreneurs are, it's it's in the family. And so, if you are listening right now or reading this, and you have entrepreneurial parents or grandparents 
just expect that it's in your blood. Um, so th- th- let's transition then into Aptelligen. I'd l- love to know uh, what you can do for the app developers, the startup tech people that are listening to this. How could you help them with the app intelligence? Sure. Um, you know, and the the early days of Aptelligent or, or criticism, um, <clears throat> we, we very much uh, talked with a bunch of other uh, mobile entrepreneurs, mobile developers, mobile, mobile teams, and they're experiencing the same issues that we did while we were building mobile apps, which was that it was very difficult to understand the user experience, uh, especially once you release the app out to the app store. You know, you see those bad reviews saying this app sucks, it doesn't work. Uh, you know, it's really not helping you get to the bottom of, of what actually happened. Um, and so what we created with Aptelligent is uh, a data-driven approach to understand uh, where users are struggling in the app and m- most importantly, why. Um, so, you know, commonly you'll, a lot of uh, people will talk about analytics tools and most of those tools just look at user behavior and they'll tell you that, you know, one of your funnels, uh, say a checkout is dropping on step three or four. That's great, but they don't tell you why are you why are you losing those users? What is happening to them? And so what we did was we built uh, an SDK, a tool that you can embed into your apps, and it sends off real time diagnostic data about the performance. So think about all the ways an app can fail. You know, slow load times, crashes, network problems. Could be a device or an OS specific issue, a location problem, uh, specific problem. We combine the performance data with the behavioral data, so what the user was doing and how performance impacted their behavior. And then we connect that to the business impact. So, for example, if you have a high crash rate, you know, obviously your churn will be impacted. Um, and so that's what's unique about what we do, is our ability to connect uh, a, a technical tool with uh, the business impact. So, so, Robert, I'd love to know... Uh, the idea for this then, uh, did it kind of, did you fall upon it uh, based on the work that you were doing or, or did you collaborate in a more strategic manner to, to kind of bring this to life? Yeah, there, there are, I guess, a couple of things. Uh, one, we were, you know, developing apps um, for ourselves and, um, you know, I don't, I, we had an issue where uh, there's actually a bug in some of the code that I wrote where we'd worked three months building this app, and then everything, when we tested it was great, and then, but then when we launched to a new user, um, it was looking for some value that would only get set if you're an existing user. And so every new person that downloaded the app would have this crash. And um, Apple's uh, App Store at the time you know, didn't really have much there. I don't, I don't think it still has that much now, and it, it told us everything was fine. But then all these people start emailing us and saying, hey, your app doesn't work. Every time I load it, it crashes, so I can't even use your app. So we thought, well, there has to be a better way. And what's really interesting about that, both of you, is that uh, just a few episodes ago, we, we talked about the uh, idea of building things for yourself, uh, discovering problems, and then it's almost like scratching your own itch. And so... How did um, like identifying that problem lead to then you know this becoming a fully fledged startup, uh, successful startup in the in, in what is now Aptelligent? Right, and so we had we at this point we had been iterating on a few different things for a while, so we were running out of money 
uh, we really wanted to make sure that you know this itch that we were scratching was real. And so we did a few things. We spoke at a bunch of mobile uh, meetups to just hear feedback. Uh, you know, we weren't uh, secretive at all about what we were thinking about or working on, and it really helped getting that um, uh, that that social proof. You know, that feedback from others. And uh, the other thing that we did was we created a simple landing page, a form where users could sign up. They could leave an email address if they were interested in finding out more information. And we made sure that we hit uh, some threshold in signups uh, and combined that with the feedback we were getting uh, to validate that we were onto something. And uh, we also ended up applying to a, a different incubator called AngelPad. And so we um, we had those signups and that validation, the feedback, and then we actually ended up getting into that that incubator. Uh, and so the combination of both of those things, we we said, let's go for it. Yeah, the other thing we did was we also happened to know a lot of um, app developers at the time. So, for example, one of our friends actually made the number one gaming app in uh, in Asia at that point. It was a, a, a simulation cooking game. It had millions of users. And um, we were able to just kind of do a lot of guerrilla marketing and grunt work and just try to get as many people that we knew using it, going to meetups and, and talking to people there, going to hackathons, and just having that kind of level of one-on-one -on -one connection with people really helped kind of validate the concept also. Right. The idea was to do unscalable things at the time. And I recommend everyone do those things. What I'm learning, guys, is that um, you're picking up on a, many of the themes that the App Guy podcast has touched on over the years. And one is the importance of your own network and tapping into that, which clearly benefited you with the game. And also uh, really trying to uh, understand the kind of feedback from the potential uh, customers and users of your service. And so do you feel like there's any other tips that you can give any of those startup founders who are listening to this and want to like, give themselves the best chance of success? Well, I think um, I was alluding to it before. I think people tend to hold their ideas to their chest. But I, I think, like you said, you need that feedback. You need to get out there and talk about it, bounce ideas off uh, folks. I mean, part of the benefit of being in a place like the Bay Area is, uh, like you mentioned, the network. Um, it's not the only place to start a company. Certainly, there's other startup cities all across the globe. Um, it definitely makes it easier to be in those places where you can, uh, you know, hang out with uh, folks and talk about AI or you know, self-driving cars, whatever you're, whatever you're into. Uh, surrounding yourself with like-minded uh, folks will lead to, uh, you know, lead to a higher chance of doing great things. I think the other theme, uh, the other mistake we actually made early on was um, we would spend too much time perfecting something before releasing it. And um, when we switched to this new idea, I think we just went for it. And it's a lot of it's just getting over this fear that you know it's not going to be perfect or it's not going to be you know what you what you really want it to be, and just launching it and see what happens and just keep iterating over time. It's kind of like the Zuckerberg, so you move fast and break things kind of thing. Yeah, so you are like an app intelligence company. I wonder, do you actually aggregate any of the data that you get on the back end? And, you know, for instance, the number of crashes or the, the average load times. And do you kind of create some reports or any, anything that you can share with us about the aggregate data that you're seeing? 
Yes, certainly. Um, we've uh, actually, I encourage you to check out data.intelligent.com. And uh, we have a lot of publicly available benchmarks there, uh, also some reserved for our enterprise customers. But, uh, you know, what we learned over time was that we're collecting a ton of rich information about the mobile ecosystem. Uh, let's leverage that in a way that we can give it back to our, our customers in the community in the form of industry trends uh, and benchmarks, you know, like average crash rates, average uh, load times. We have a, a global device directory. So if you're trying to figure out, if you're trying to launch an app and you want to figure out, well, you know, what should, what devices and operating systems or, you know, what configurations should I be testing on? Uh, what is the average stability or bandwidth available in certain regions? We provide all of that data um, so that you can create your, your test and release plans and you can benchmark how well you're doing relative to your competitors in certain app store categories. Uh, tons of rich information. We've also, in, uh, this is really interesting, have been able to apply some data science and machine learning to the data to understand how performance is impacting business KPIs. I had mentioned uh, churn earlier, and we actually found that uh, crashes can decre decrease next day app opens by up to 8x. Um, and they can increase churn uh, overall by up to 6x. So huge impact on just that one performance metric alone. And of course, if your other metrics are uh, you know, not doing too well, like if it's taking too long to load or your certain flows are delayed, um, it'll have an impact on the business. And so uh, the, on that site, you can actually find, um, we publish research reports every uh, four to six weeks uh, that go in, into even more detail uh, about the industry. Yeah, and just to ensure that, you know, for those who are listening whilst driving, uh, um, just you can go to theappguy.co. It's episode 513 uh, with uh, Andrew and Robert, and you'll see uh, links to that site. Uh, so, so I'm also wondering, uh, you know, you've seen a lot of app developers, apppreneurs, as I like to say, uh, start businesses, have their apps with you. Uh, and I, I wondered what you feel like the most important metrics it, that they should be looking at are in terms of what you've learned over the years? Well, I think, you know, when you're, when you're developing an app, it's, you know, it's great to kind of, um, you know, monitor how your app is doing over time. And one of the most critical moments is really around when you first release an app. So just tracking the first 72 hours after you do release, and the metrics there that you really want to track are just one, you know, how many people are, are adopting that version, how many people are upgrading, and then be, being able to understand why they are or aren't adopting it. So one of the metrics a lot of our customers track is the, the crash rate of their app, which is basically uh, the number of sessions that end in a crash. Um, and that's often a, a very good indicator. It's highly correlated with you know, app store ratings, which helps drive downloads. So it's kind of a, a feedback cycle there. The other metric um, a lot of companies are tracking today are app start time. So just you know, just thinking about it, it's you know, if you're using an app and it takes 10 seconds for it to load, you're probably going to give up at some point and stop using the app, but maybe use a competitor's app. Um, so those are two metrics that a lot of companies closely track, especially when they're releasing new versions. And and just to pile on top of that, um, those performance metrics impact your business and. I think what many um, first-time app uh, publishers make mistake of is they focus on conversion rates on 
in certain flows in the app. Um, those are obviously important, but they'd really need to be focused on engagement and retention uh, first and foremost before they ramp up marketing campaigns, mm -hmm. um, as well as those performance metrics that Rob mentioned, because what's going to end up happening is you're going to spend a ton of money to get users. They're going to have a poor user experience and you're going to have a leaky bucket. You're going to lose a ton of them. Your acquisition costs will go up and uh, you know, it'll, it just won't be a happy ending. So you definitely need to, uh, Make sure you optimize those metrics. You know, this is great because it's really uh, compounding a lot of the uh, information we've got from the you know past amazing founders. And uh, certainly, uh, I've had firsthand experience of the what you say the leaky bucket. You know, where you've got tens of thousands of uh, users uh, downloading uh, the app for the first time, um, but. Um, maybe the conversion is not right or the, uh, I mean, in terms of a conversion rate, what do you think is a good conversion rate from landing on the app store page to then clicking the download button? Um, it's, it's tough to say it can be very, uh, vertical specific. Um, and you know, frankly, actually we, our metrics don't focus on the, uh, the attribution piece, which is, you know, there's, tracking of once they open the app, but then there's also how do you connect where the users are coming from and those conversion rates. Um, we focus mostly on, you know, once the app is opened, what, what are the metrics that you should, you should look at? Um, there, there's some data out there. Um, unfortunately, I don't have it offhand. But if you're interested in that topic, I would look up um, mobile app attribution. Uh, yeah, and, and just as we draw to a close, uh, I'm wondering what exciting stuff you're working on now uh, in terms of future updates or, or anything that's coming out going forward? Yeah, so we, um, we continue to add uh, new types of um, uh, data science capabilities into our platform. Um, we're really driving towards this idea of being able to say, hey, if you fix these three issues, then uh, your churn will decrease by this amount, or your engagement will increase, or your revenue will increase. Um, so being able to proactively recommend areas that teams should focus in on um, is a key area for us. Um, we also continue to add other performance metrics. Uh, we just launched UI hangs uh, and uh, or, or you can call it app hangs and out of memory um, analysis into our product. Um, we've also been, uh, we're also adding some custom reporting for our enterprise clients. So lots of, lots of new dashboards that teams can play around with. Yeah, basically we're, we're trying to understand, we're helping companies understand just the wider user experience of the app. So not just knowing when the app crashes, but when the user gets frustrated by the app or when it's, it's draining battery or killing your data plan. You know, it's really exciting because I can imagine that you're also looking at um, either what artificial intelligence or machine learning or something to understand where in the code um, the crashes are happening, perhaps give developers uh, like more insights into uh, the, you know the parts of the the code that are crashing or I mean if you are you kind of looking into that stuff? Yeah, we've done some of that already. We launched a product called Smart Crash Search where we identify similar root causes um, across errors so that uh, you know one of the common problems that people have is they'll there's a lot of noise being generated from these apps and so you need to understand where should your team be investing their time and what are the related problems. 
Um, so we actually give a probability score in this new product to help you understand, you know, how uh, similar is this issue related, you know, compared to, against all these other issues. Um, so really, really interesting and unique capability of ours. And we also have, uh, we also launched something recently called um, the third-party SDK analysis. So basically, you can see if uh, one of the common problems when you're when you're uh, developing a mobile app is figuring out which SDKs you should integrate, and oftentimes those will cause performance issues like crashes or slowdowns. So we we launched a product uh, a couple months ago that allows you to recognize if a if a crash is actually caused by a third-party SDK. Fascinating. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, sadly, we've got to draw to a close now, but I'm just wondering, do you feel like we've touched on everything in regards to what you wanted to talk about, about Apptelligent? Uh, is there anything else you want to add for those who are thinking about using you? Well, one thing I'd say is um, we we have a, a free tier as well. Um, you know, we do work with some of the largest, uh, you know, app publishers across the globe, but we also work with, uh, you know, folks in a garage somewhere uh, looking to build the next big app. Um, and so we have a free tier. We also have a, a middle tier called Jumpstart for small businesses and, and our enterprise tier. So I'd encourage anyone that's interested to check us out. Um, it's very easy and quick to get started uh, at Aptelligent.com. Wonderful. Well, uh, Andrew, Robert, thank you both for coming on the App Guide podcast and sharing like your uh, story about Aptelligent and uh, what you can achieve with the uh, software. So I highly recommend the Appster Tribe go and check check you out. Uh, and uh, you know how best can people sort of reach out and connect with you both? What What is the best way of getting in touch? Um, you can, uh, if actually if you email uh, info at Aptelligent, uh, it'll be uh, sent out to us, or you can just contact us directly, Andrew at Aptelligent.com and Rob at Aptelligent.com. Yep. Great. Great. Well, uh, Andrew, Robert, uh, thank you very much for coming on the App Guy podcast. And uh, yeah, all the best for, uh, you know, all the stuff that you're doing to help um, the wonderful developer community that we have here. So th thanks for coming on. Thanks. Thank you too, Paul. Thanks for having us.